This is 602 Create driver Logan Watt, and you're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. another episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast. I am your host, Casey, as always. Got some breaking news going on for you guys heading into the Speed Weeks down in Florida. A lot of things kicking off. A lot to go over before we get into this week's episode. So, first and foremost, I spoke on the issues going on with my track owner, Jake Smalley of Big Diamond. Thankfully, things are on the uphill uh battle but we're we're working things out and the schedule has finally come out for 2022 we're going to touch on a couple notable events april 8th is our season opener modifies paying four thousand to win april 15th the fritz Roy memorial money in the mountains paying twelve thousand to win may 13th and june 3rd are our dates for the pa tri-track series june 7th Midweek show, we have 410 Sprint Cars paying 5000 to win. July 1st, Georgie Stevenson Memorial Twin 20s for the Modifieds, 2000 to win each. July 12th, another midweek show, Super Dirt Anthracite Assault, 7500 to win. August 12th, 410 Sprint Cars come back for another 5000 to win show. August 19th, our prelude to the Coal Cracker, 10000 to win. And of course, our season ends Sunday, September 4th, the Jack Rich Inc. Coal Cracker 72, 17,000 to win for the Modifieds. On to our breaking news stuff. We have Bristol Dirt Nationals Valvoline Ironman Late Model Southern Series will now co-sanction the Carl Customs Bristol Dirt Nationals along with the XR Super Series. The events on Friday, March 25th, Saturday, March 26th, Friday, April 1st, and Saturday, April 2nd will each pay a hefty 50000 to win for the Super Late Models. It's like a $900,000 purse over the course of those four dates. For the first time since 2013, Keith Coons and the Curb Agajanian Motorsports team will field a wingless sprint car on the USAC Amsoil National Sprint Car Tour with Buddy Kofoid behind the wheel. Keith has had some success running the USAC Sprint's eighth on the all-time wins list, about uh, most notably with Brian Clawson back in the day. So can't wait to see what uh, Keith and Kerr Bagajanian put together with this wingless sprint car. I touched on the Atlantic City Gamblers Classic, you know, the indoor racing series TQ Midgets the other week. Well, Thursday night came out. Our winner, Ryan Flores, has now been disqualified from his January 29th TQ Midget win. The right rear tire, which was a borrowed tire from another competitor, did not meet Hoosier tire standards. The victory has now been awarded to the runner-up finisher, Timmy Buckwaller. And Timmy now leads the points in the three-event series going into the last event in Syracuse 
which will be held March 12th and 13th. In the early hours Friday morning, Super Late Model star Josh Richards' camper became engulfed in flames while parked at a Walmart outside Tampa. Thankfully, Josh and his wife and their dog Burley were not harmed. Dirt Racing Outreach Incorporated has set up a funding page for anyone who would like to contribute. Sure, if you go to Dirt Racing Outreach Incorporated on Facebook or Google or whatever web browser you use, will lead you in the right direction for those looking to contribute. Such a sad, sad thing. But thankfully, nobody was harmed. Uh, I've been noticing a couple of our local tracks in the in the east here have been uh, putting up posts in regards to hiring. I know Williams Grove did. I know, I, I believe we're still looking for a couple people at Big Diamond. For those of you out there who are looking to get somewhat involved in the racing community, um, looking to get involved at your local track, give them a call, a message, you know, whatever source of communication you want to go about. But I know that there are a bunch of tracks that are looking for some workers for the 2022 season. And, you know, I'm sure uh, those tracks would be more than merry to speak with you and see what um what it is they could use the help in, whether it be an official, whether it would be concessions, I know anything to get yourself uh, involved, a foot in the door per se. You know, it wasn't too long ago I was sitting in the grandstands and just happened to mention, you know, to a, a certain head flagger of mine that um I'd be willing to get out there and and help out, and here I am. So those are your opportunities there. Uh, you know, especially if you're on the younger side looking to uh, just get some kind of part time work for the summer. Check out your nearest local dirt track. World Racing Group has announced on Friday morning that Case Construction Equipment will now be the title sponsor for the World of Outlaws Late Model Series in a new multi-year agreement. In addition to being the title sponsor of the World of Outlaws Late Model Series, Case Construction Equipment will also be the official construction equipment company for the World of Outlaw Late Model Series, the NASA Energy Drink World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series, and the Super Dirt Car Series. Big, big news there. On to a sad note here. The 1982 and 1987 USAC National Midget Champion Kevin Olson tragically passed away following a car accident in Wisconsin on Friday night. He was 70 years old. His companion, Nancy, is currently in critical condition. So hope Nancy pulls through and uh, condolences go out to Kevin's family and friends. All right, on to our results. And we've got a bunch of them and a lot of things developing. Let's start with Sunday, the Grit Racing Series, Yankee Classic, Putnam County Raceway in Florida. I believe I touched on this last week because it had already been rained out. But that was the case for last Sunday. On to Monday. Grit Racing Series once again on DunRight.tv. So the Yankee Classic, again, Putnam County Raceway in Florida, was rained out. However, kudos to the Grit Racing Series. Somehow managed to move the event to North Florida Speedway, in which they did get to run their event. So 
hats off to North Florida Speedway for allowing them to bring the event over there and be able to get this show in. At the end of the day, Eastern PA's Craig Whitmoyer was victorious over Richard Murtaugh III and Kevin Stevens rounding out your podium. Lucas Oil Late Models 46th Annual Risco Winter Nationals presented by Lucas Oil East Bay Raceway Park in Florida. 5,000 to win. That one went to the one-man band, Dennis Erb Jr. over Hudson O'Neill and your defending Lucas Oil champion, Tim McCready, routing out your podium. On a Tuesday, boy, I was looking forward to Tuesday. Finally going to kick off the Volusia Weeks with the All-Stars in town, and unfortunately, Mother Nature had something to say about that. So the All-Stars 51st Annual Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia Raceway Park was rained out on Tuesday. The Grit Racing Series, again, Yankee Classic Putnam County Raceway in Florida, also rained out. And the Lucas Oil Late Model 46th Annual Risco Winter Nationals presented by Lucas Oil East Bay Raceway Park in Florida. You guessed it, Mother Nature with the trifecta in Florida. So let's move on over to Wednesday. Short Track Super Series Sunshine Swing kicked off with the Modifieds and the Crete 602 Sportsman at All Tech Raceway in Florida. 4,000 to win for the Modifieds, 1,500 to win for the Crates. Modified victory went to Matt Shepard over Billy Pouch Jr. and the Dark Knight, Mark Johnson, rounding out the podium. And I got to tell you, for those of you who did not get a chance to watch this, go back on Flow, watch the entire replay of this feature, or worse, check out the highlights. This feature was magical. Guys were everywhere, stories unfolding, leaders getting into lap cars, front runners getting into the fence. Oh my God, it was amazing, amazing feature. On to your 602 Sportsman finish. So when the checkered fell, Kevin Chaffee was your winner with Josh Allen second and Steve Davis running at your podium. Huh. Then tech happened. I'm sure some of you have seen the uh, stories that have been coming out about tech at all tech. Um, your winner, Kevin Chaffee, was disqualified for a card violation. Second place, Josh Allen was given the win, but then a day later, disqualified for parts violation, including valve locks, connecting rods, pistons, and the camshaft. That, in turn, gave your win over to Steve Davis. Your fifth place finisher at the time that the checker originally fell was Michael Ballestero. He was disqualified for tire compound violation. So your top three ended up, after all of tech was complete, ended up with Steve Davis as your winner over Jeff Watson and Dylan Madsen rounding at your podium. What uh, <laughs> an eventful night of tech. So Davis goes from being third to winning. Dylan Madsen was sixth when the checkered fell, ends up in third. What a whirlwind going on. And this is just the beginning. But we'll get to that in a moment. You're also, for Wednesday, Lucas Oil Late Models. Again, 46th Annual Risco Internationals presented by Lucas Oil. East Bay Raceway Park in Florida, 7,000 to win. This went to Brandon Shepard over Ashton Winger and Tyler Erb. 
All-Stars, day number two of their stay at Volusia Raceway Park for the 51st Annual Jerk Car Nationals. It did rain late Tuesday night into Wednesday, which unfortunately did not allow the All-Stars to compete. So the All-Stars are 0 for 4 at this point. We'll see what next week at East Bay can bring for them. Thursday, Short Track Super Series Sunshine Swing. Once again, Modifieds and Crates, All-Tech Raceway. 5000 to win for the Modifieds, 1500 to win for the Crate portion. Modified victory went to Lightning Larry White, his first with the Short Track Super Series, over Eric Rudolph and Billy Pouch Jr., and your 602 crate finish. So once again, when the checkered fell, Brandon Watkins was your winner. However, after tech was DQ'd due to take up spring exceeded max rate of five pounds as per short track super series posting. That gave your win to Scott Hitchens over Tom Princiata and Joe Toth. Lucas Oil Late Models on Thursday, 46th Annual Risco Internationals, presented by Lucas Oil, East Bay Raceway Park, 7,000 to win. Once again, Bishop back-to-back over Earl Pearson Jr. and Kyle Bronson running at your podium. And the World of Outlaws Sprints finally kicked off the 51st Annual Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia Speedway Park. Donnie Schatz in the banana car. In victory lane on a very, very rough track over Kyle Larson and Aaron Reutzel. Guys, I got to tell you, all the rain they got down there and also take into consideration the amount of racing that's going to be on that track and has been on that track. 107 up mods were in attendance. Track conditions aren't always going to be pristine. You have to understand that. As a race fan, or a driver, or car owner, or crew member, or an official, whatever, track conditions are not always going to be the best. There's some tracks they get it right a lot of times. Port World's one of them tracks, but every dog has his day, and sometimes things just don't go right. It was very rough. Every driver they interviewed made a comment in regards to it, but. They worked hard at what we saw Friday and Saturday, which I'll get to, but they made a valiant effort. They were out there after everything was done Thursday, working all through the night, trying to get this surface back to some bit of consistency in what they're used to seeing down there. So, yes, they took heat. They they heard the gripes from everyone, but that doesn't mean that everyone sitting at home needs to chime in and attack them. They're not blind. Not like they said, oh, this is the best surface ever. No, they knew. And we got a feature in, moved what was going to be ran after the Outlaws with the Ump Mods to Friday, which then got into Saturday. So, you know, they made a valiant effort. And in the end, what we saw Friday, Saturday was good. So they know. They know what was wrong, then they, they they fixed it. So that's that. So speaking on to your Friday and Saturday events, let's kick it off with Short Track Super Series Sunshine Swing Friday. Once again, modifies 602 crates, all tech raceway, 
6,000 to win for the modifieds, 2,000 to win for the 602 crates. Modified victory went to Mike Maraska over Larry White and Eric Rudolph. 602 crates. You know where I'm going with this. When the checkered fell, Brian Calabrese was your winner. And funny enough, he made a comment in victory lane. This is why you just don't say things. He made a comment in victory lane that he cannot wait to get to tech. This motor has not been teched. This was a borrowed motor from someone he knows. And he said it was 100% legal. Then he went to tech. Disqualified for a rocker arm infraction. Three nights in a row, the winner has been DQ'd in the 602 Crate Sportsman feature. My only suggestion to anybody running the 602 Crates with a Short Track Super Series, go to pre-tech. I don't know how pre-tech works 100%. Can you ask them to check certain things? Can you? I don't know. But three nights in a row is outrageous. So, after tech... Michael Ballestero was given the win over Dylan Madsen and Alex Bell. What a turn of events. Last night's portion, once again, Sunshine Swing, All-Sack Raceway, 8,000 to win for the Modifieds, 2,000 to win for the Crates. Unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans and said that is enough sunshining. Rain came in. The event was canceled. So your Sunshine Swing champions are Larry White with the Modified Division and Dylan Madison for the 602 Crate Sportsman Division. So hats off to those guys. Lucas Oil Late Models. Friday and Saturday. Friday's portion of the 46th Annual Risco Winter Nationals presented by Lucas Oil was 12,000 to win. Saturday's was 15,000 to win. Friday night's victory, once again, three in a row for your World of Outlaw Late Model Defending Champion. Running Lucas Oil races, which he does, three times a winner, back to back to back, at a very, very tough East Bay Raceway Park, in a very tough field. Wow. Just wow. So Bishop was your winner over Brandon Overton and Ashton Winger. Saturday night's finale. Before I tell you your top three, let me tell you that Brandon Shepard, the point leader for Lucas Oil, was leading a considerable amount of this feature. Got up over the cushion. Don't know if he cut a tire. Had to go to the back. Rains came. He got caught up in someone else's mess. Ended up with a DNF. The win went to my pick to win a lot of races this year. The mailman, Devin Moran, who was victorious over Tyler Erb and the magic man, Mark Whitener. And... Brandon Shepard is still your Lucas Oil point leader by 10 points over Devin Moran at this point. So I don't think he then goes and runs Lucas Oil. I think we're going to see Brandon Shepard follow your World of Outlaws like he always does. And the point lead will be relinquished come the next time he doesn't race with Lucas Oil. But hats off to Brandon Shepard for a very successful week at East Bay. Friday, Saturday, 51st Annual Dirt Car Nationals, Volusia Speedway Park in Florida. Friday night's feature might have been the best finish we're going to see all year with the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. 
again, just like I said with Wednesday night's portion of the Sunshine Swing, this one is a must go back and watch. Go back and watch the highlights. The last five laps, holy shit. Just amazing. Just amazing. So, your winner by, I believe it was 44 thousandths of a second, was Sheldon Haldenshield over David Gravel and Brad Sweet. And two laps prior to that, none of those guys were in that order. <laughs> so, that'll tell you what you need to go back and watch highlights of. Saturday night's finale for the Outlaw Sprints at Volusia. This one finally got the monkey off his back. David Gravel with his first win at Volusia over Brent Marks and James McFadden. David Gravel is your big gator winner. I will touch on the Dirt Car Nationals up mod division. As like I previously stated, they had 107 cars show up. A lot of racing. They ran 10, 15 lap features yesterday afternoon, which all culminated with their big gator championship feature late last night. And it's safe to say Nick Hoffman is the Tom Brady of the Umpmon world. This guy has won a Gator since 2005. So he's won a Gator 17 years in a row, whether it be a small Gator or the big one at the end, which now he has now won his seventh big Gator. That's a ton of wins. Yes, he builds elite chassis. Yes, he's very good. Yes, he has the top dollar equipment. However, you have to beat over 100 guys every year. And like some of those guys have said, anybody here can win. So hats off to Nick Hoffman. Big victory over Kyle Strickler and Will Krupp, who rounded out your podium. So once again, congratulations to David Gravel and Nick Hoffman on their Big Gator Championships. USAC Midgets, Bubba Raceway Park in Florida for the Winter Dirt Games 13. 3,000 to win Friday night. This one went to Justin Grant over Tanner Thorson and Brenham Crouch. And last night's 5,000 to win feature again went to Justin Grant over Buddy Kofoid and Jade Avedesian. Congrats to Jade Avedesian, who was the pole sitter, but held off Grant for, I want to say, at least half the feature in between the brief periods of rain they had, but uh, held her own, and there she is in the podium. So congratulations, Jade Avedesian. USCS Sprints, Friday and Saturday, Georgia Sprint Car Winter Nationals, Needmore Speedway in Georgia. This would be night number three and four of the USCS Winter Nationals. Friday night's portion went to Mark Rule Jr. over Dylan Westbrook and Terry McCarl. And last night, Terry McCarl victorious over Davey Franick and Garrett Williamson. On to our upcoming events. And boy, is there a lot of them. Woohoo! Can't wait. Starting with Super Dirt. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Six nights of big block modifieds at Volusia Speedway Park down in Florida. They are paired with Monday and Tuesday will be the Extreme Outlaw Sprints, the brand new series of non-wing sprint car action. They are paying 5000 to win Monday and 10000 to win on Tuesday. 
Also joining the Super Dirt Car Series Monday and Tuesday will be the Dirt Car Late Models. And then joining the Super Dirt Car will be Black Modifieds Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be the World of Outlaw Late Models. Then we have the All-Stars Monday and Tuesday. 6,000 to win each night at East Bay Raceway Park in Florida. And then we have USAC Sprints Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Bubba Raceway Park, 5,000 to win on Thursday and Friday, 10,000 to win the finale on Saturday, Winter Dirt Games 13. So we have non-wing action going on, we have late models, we have sprint cars, and we have big block modifiers, a little bit for everybody. So buckle up, enjoy what is coming your way, and it looks like... With the exception of the All-Stars and USAC Sprints, everything will be on Dirt Vision. And then, of course, All-Stars and USAC Sprints are on Flow. So that is your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, please like and share the podcast. Give us a nice five-star rating on all your podcast platforms. And, yeah, that's it. On to this week's episode. So we did a little modified preview with my good friend over at Dirt Guide Digest, Mr. Kenny Bruce. Proud sponsor of the show with Bill Brown and Company Incorporated. Thank you, Kenny, for your support. And we touch on what's been going on in Florida, what to expect in Florida, as well as the brand new Elite Series we're going to see with the Short Track Super Series coming up. And some of our local tracks, what's been going on in Jersey with Bridgeport and New Egypt, what we're to expect at Grandview and Big Diamond here in Pennsylvania, and what we might see up north with the Super Dirt Car Series. So stay tuned for that. A couple of good episodes coming up. Can't wait to get back recording. Touching on my personal health. Yes, I had surgery Wednesday. Thankfully, it was not nearly as excruciating as I thought it was going to be, and I'm doing well. We're in recovery, and can dedicate my time to you guys for a couple of weeks before I got to get back to the grind, doing the job that pays the bills. And yes, includes seven weeks till the season opener at Diamond. Oh my god. Seven friggin' weeks. I can't believe it. Soon, we're going to have the icebreaker coming up at Lincoln. That's in what? two weeks, and then all the Short Track Super Series races going on in March, and then, holy hell, my Fridays are booked. God, I can't wait. I got a great team of employees underneath me this year. Yes, it includes my wife. Also includes Ms. Grandview Speedway, Brittany Huber, and our newest additions, our 410 Sprint Car Driver in-house, Landon Price, and our another new addition, Brandon Edgar's wife, Brittany, cannot wait to have them join the team. We're going to kick ass, take names this year up at Big D, so stop on up, say hello. And that's that. As always, until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown and Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud dirt track supporter, Ken Bruce, has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown & Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the Number 11 Modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. 
You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the Four Wide Slew Podcast, I have with me my good friend Kenny Bruce from Dirt Tag Digest. And we are talking 2022 Modifieds, everything we can think of. So, being that Alltech just ran practice this morning, I want to start with the surprising quick-timer who got himself $250. Danny Creeden was your quick-time in practice this morning. Uh, out of all the guys that are down there, Danny's a good friend of mine, but... I don't think he would have thought he was the fastest car. No, I don't think Danny would have thought that himself either. But uh, hence, uh, I'm glad. It's, I'm happy for him. It's awesome. Uh, you say he's a good guy. He works really hard on things. And, uh, but, you know, hey, starting over a $200 bonus is always a good thing. Yeah, he's he's in the plus at the moment. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, a lot of big names once again went down to Florida to start off their speed weeks. And there's a couple of names that are missing. Um, I did, I know Prego's not there and right. Mikey Gooler is not. And I uh, know some of them guys with Cherokee running in a couple of weeks wanted to save their stuff and focus more on this new elite series um, any surprises that you thought were either there or not there? Yeah, well, I thought Matt Williamson was going, I, and he's not there. Um, I just saw their post yesterday on Twitter. Their first races will be at Volusia. And then um, their first race with the Barons team will be at Cherokee. So I was a little surprised he didn't go down. But uh, if I remember correctly, I don't think he went last year either. So, I don't um, think so. Yeah, that was one. Um, I didn't see a rundown, so I'm not exactly sure who's there or not. I'm just, was was Max there in the block one? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think with Max in the new ride uh, with HBR, I think that's going to be a solely Hoosier deal. I mean, I could be wrong, but um, I did not see his name either. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see who is going to go and who's not going to go to some of these Deo shows because they want to focus on the higher paying ones. Right. And yeah, and that makes sense. And then especially like you said with the Cherokee in a couple of weeks, you know, when guys like, you know, I know they go down, they want to save their stuff for Cherokee and like you say, Goulart, Perego, you know, Horton want to save his stuff for Cherokee. So it's, when big money races come up, then uh, guys would rather focus on them than uh, tow all that all the way down to Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is four nights of racing at Alltech, but the payout doesn't go over eight grand, I think is what it pays on the last night. So it's not a too high amount of money to make those guys really want to go. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the rundown from practice, and there's no Bacchetti on this list either. Some of your faithfuls that have always ran short track super series stuff are not on here and no max is not either but there's a lot of newer names on here i was surprised um you know mark johnson went down there to run this this swing drellos is there 
um, you know, guys who are more of your Hoosier based guys are there as well. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what comes out of it. I gotta tell you, I was really thrown off by Stewie's paint scheme. That's cool. That sounds pretty cool. Something different. Yeah, it's this nice SRI deal they got, giving fans a chance to win, um, I guess, like a pit side deal for Pocono. Yes. So good promotion going on there. I know SRI is really involved with the late model scene. And uh, to now see them spill over into Modifies is pretty cool. Open a new door, a new window for, uh, you know, opportunities for these guys to maybe get some sponsors going their way. Yeah, it's just, I mean, not that Stu needed any more, um, <laughs> any more sponsorship because, uh, you know, with the Hallmark deal, he's pretty well uh, good there. But uh, still, it's good to get more people involved and, you know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> why not go to a guy like Stu? You know, you're going to be Victor Lane. Yeah, I mean, if you're on SRI side of it and you want your brand or product to be in the spotlight as much as possible in the modifieds. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much a, a guarantee there. So yeah, we'll see what comes of it. Um, you know, who are you thinking is going to come out on top of this sunshine swing? Well, I mean, you gotta go with your two main guys, Shepard and, uh, freezing, you know, it's, but although freezing, or, I mean, although Shepard hasn't had too much luck down there in, in uh, Florida the last few years, uh, a lot of that's attributed to them trying new stuff and everything, but um, he hasn't been as dominant in Florida as, as he's been up here, that's for sure. But, you know, still he's going to be tough to beat, obviously. And uh, I look for Pouch uh, Jr. to be up there. And, uh, you know, surprisingly, I, I would look for Ian Kasky to be up there. He came on good at the, you know, at the dirt car at the Charlotte last year. And uh, I see he was decent in practice. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Alex in victory lane. Yeah, the one guy I have to say I have my eye on and I have high hopes for is one of the guys who was really, really good late in the season last year, and that's Matty Ice. Matt Stangle looked really good at Port in October, um, Was looked really good at the end of the year stuff at Bridgeport. So I want to see uh, you know, how they start off their 2022 season as well. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great for him, especially, you know, the problems his dad had over the, over the winter, so forget that team to come out in a good, uh, with a good start would be great. Yeah, so let's roll over to Volusia. I mean, a lot of these guys, I think, are going to run both, um, and then we have, of course, the invasion of the New York guys, and, I mean, Max won the Gator last year, but... One guy I think is going to ruin the party this year could possibly be an Eric Rudolph or Demetrius Drellos. Yeah, Drellos. Drellos, the, the kid gets a little more experience and um, keeps his tempo in check because he has, does seem to have a problem with that at times. But uh, he's got all the talent in the world. And, uh, yeah, he got he had a pretty good year last year. And he's gotten better every year. You can definitely see that. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll be, especially if it's a heavier track, cause I think he's he's very good on them kind of tracks. So, uh, yeah, I look for him, and you know, still he won't because he's going to miss a race, unless it gets rained out. But uh, Yeah, and that always comes yeah. into play, too. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Peter Britton, he's yeah. another one that's been, been really strong the last couple of years. 
And uh, yeah, he switched to Big Nails last year. He's gotten better and better. He's had plenty of sponsorship now. And uh, I, I can see him winning a race down there for sure. Yeah, he's one I was surprised is not at all tech. With their new deal, they're running the Elite Series. They're going to chase that. And they're going to also run the North Series. I was surprised to not see him there. Because, you know, he's he's a bit of a traveler as well. I mean, he'll, he'll pop up a lot of places to run different stuff. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised not to see his name on there. I think Mahaney could be a spoiler, too, at Volusia. Um, coming off of their successes they had, again, towards the end of the year last year. Um, I look for him to be really, really strong. And actually, I think he's going to pick up a win, maybe even two at Volusia. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And you always get that surprise winner at Volusia. For, not every year, but most years, you always get that surprise winner at Volusia. You know, one year, uh, Joseph Watson won down there. Um, Rick Wallbacks won down there three times, actually. And, uh, you know, if Rick, if Rick gets a good starting spot, he can be tough down there. Yeah, I mean, Neil the Wheel has a win. Neil the Wheel, exactly. There you go. So, yeah, there's, uh, you'll always get that that surprise winner in there. You're absolutely right. Yep. So let's uh, let's leave Florida for a while and let's pretend we're about two months ahead of where we are now. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of guys that are running new tracks or left their tracks from last year. Uh, unfortunately, we have succumbed to that. One of the big surprises I thought was Alex Jankowski. So Alex is now going to run Utica on Friday nights, not Big Diamond, which I wish him the best of luck. And I've told everyone that's brought this up, I have no hard feelings when guys go to do what they think is best for their program or whatever financially suits them. And if Alex at his age wants to run against the best of the best in Northeast Dirt Modifieds, he is going to the right place to do it. No offense to our guys on Friday night that run Diamond, but he's going to go racing against Shepard and Piketty every week and Stu maybe three-quarters of the time. Right. Barry Decker, Jessica. Decker, Rocky is running there again. Um, He's going to run against the elite of the best. I mean, and it's a completely different track surface up there. It's a... I mean, he ran really well when he went up there for the Short Track Super Series race last year. Um, You know, I was just really surprised that they changed up their program. And I just heard now that he's also going to run Fonda and not not run Bridgeport. So they're going to basically make a weekend trek out of it every week. So, Right. When you think about it, it makes sense. So, but uh, I think Alex is just going to make him a better driver. Um, racing that's, well, like you said, the competition at our track on Friday nights is, is probably, you know, second to none. It's great, but it's always running against the same drivers every, every week. This time, this year, going up to Fonda and Utica, he can run against different set of drivers, and that's only going to make him better. Right. I mean, I think what, you know, maybe this is just my side of it, looking at it. You look at, you know, Dwayne, Jeff, and Craig. Well, back in the day, even Kenny Brightville, back in the day, those guys hopped around all the time. They didn't always run Grandview and Big Diamond every year. Some ran, uh, opted to go run Susky or opted to go run Bridgeport for a couple of years or opted to go to Penn National, whatever the case may be. Penn Can also came into play. Um, 
And those guys traveled around a lot. And go back and look at the Super Dirt Week results. Dwayne's had gotten a second there, I think, maybe once or twice. Strunk's ran up there a couple of times and ran fairly well. We all know what Billy Pouch was able to do. And Alex is now in that same situation. And I think Guler is in the same situation as well. Where, you know, go down to it a couple of years ago. You have the opportunity to get off your proverbial porch, as they call it. Go do it. I mean, sure, no, absolutely. No matter if you're going out there just to say you did it one year and you went on the road and you spent yourself doing it, at least you can say, yeah, I did that tour. Go do it. You know, more power to them and the best of luck along the way. But I think people. Oh, my God, they're leaving the tracks that we go to every week. Well, yeah, they have the chance to let them. Sure. And, you know, look at, you know, the article I wrote on Gore, you know, when he ta- he talked about Ryan Godown. He talked about him driving, how much of a better driver it's made, made him. And, you know, he won 10 races last year at Bridgeport. How can you argue that? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and Mike's one of these guys where, you know, I've heard – I've heard Strunk say it a couple of times. It's no longer really the big three. got to factor in this fourth in Mike. Mike's won the Sixer. He's won Grandview's Championship. He's won Diamonds. He's now won New Egypt's. Mike seems like he's never complacent. Like, he needs to constantly find the next thing that he wants to accomplish. And that's great because you don't want to get yourself in a rut where you're just content just doing the same thing every year. And I don't doubt he won't succeed. I think he knocks off a win, maybe even two on the road with super dirt this year. And I think he's going to surprise himself in the end. Yeah. There's no doubt. I think he can run, especially the tracks down to Sam where he's got experience on. That's definitely going to help him. Although he doesn't, he's not a big fan of Bridgeport, but uh, <laughs> that's another story. But uh, now, it, for Mike going on the Dirt Series trail, just it's just going to make him so much better and accomplish his goal. Uh, he wants to be one of the best, one of the talked about drivers, you know, from in modified racing. And by running the same two tracks every year, you're not going to get that. And you know, and Mike gave Mike credit though in his team because they do move around. I mean, they won the championship of Grandview, they left one to Orange County. <laughs> they next year they left, went back to Grandview, finished what top five in points, and then last year they went to New Egypt and won the points. So, so he he does like to move around. He doesn't have to stay in one place and get stale. He likes to move around and learn, and that's the only way you know. That's the only way these guys are going to get better is by running against. Better competition under different track conditions, and that that's that's how you improve in this business. And you know, Mike's no spring chicken. I think he's approaching forty. I think and him and Ian Cassidy are different. They're doing the same thing, but they're different age spectrums. But uh, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's it's still going to make you a better driver no matter what age you are. Right, and you know, I've talked about it on this show before. I think the years of the legendary car owners that have been around for years is slowly deteriorating. It's just a financial burden for a lot of these guys and the way business is flowing. It's not as easy anymore to, to back a big traveling team. Now Mike has found himself in a great position with Terry Fosnock 
where Terry is 100% behind him and says, go do it. Go out there wherever you want to go and I'm behind you and go win. And that's what he's taking full advantage of at this point. Yeah, and Terry loves it. Terry enjoys it, and Terry enjoys the traveling, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, Terry's told me in the past, he goes, listen, I don't have boats. I don't play golf. This is my hobby. And, you know, fortunately, he has the money to do so and do it at, you know, at the right capacity. And Mike's the beneficiary of that, and um, and Mike's so appreciative of it. So, like you said, we don't have many of these big owners left anymore. So, when you do have one that's willing to, you know, willing to step up and do what you want to do to help your career, you got to take advantage of it. Exactly. And speaking of one of those legendary car owners, I think the big mystery, I cannot believe we're saying this in February, I is there a driver for the 357 at this point in time? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, I've talked to a couple people. I talked to Brett Dale a couple weeks ago when I, when I did my interview for him, and he honestly don't know. Nope. So he, he, you know, he knew a couple of drivers they were pursuing maybe, but I don't want to put names out on here yet because right. I don't want right. to screw anything up. But we can talk about that off the air. But, of course. Um, so, yeah. But one's always a mystery, so you never know. It's crazy <laughs> to think. I mean, we know they didn't exactly accomplish what they wanted to last year with Danny, and that's unfortunate. Um, no feelings hurt on either end of those spectrums. Oh. Um, still respect goes both ways there, but it's just, you know, look at all the names that have been in that car for the last how many decades, and it's crazy to think in February, we really don't know who is going to be in that car or where it's going to be. Um, you know, same thing. I've heard some rumors flying around. I've heard some pretty uh, elaborate ones that I kind of chuckled at, but it's crazy to think at this point that there has been no indication yet so yeah i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens there um one thing i did want to bring up so i don't think it's a secret now at this point that diamond is no longer running open sportsman new egypt is no longer running their open sportsman class as well but that has opened the door for some of these guys to move up to the modified ranks I know New Egypt has a bunch of young studs that are moving up this year. Yeah, um, they do. Which is know, good because they, they lost a few, so this helps. The young guys, you know, they're exciting. There's no doubt about it. Exactly. And to think, so who do we have moving up at New Egypt? We have Justin Grasso, which Grasso, I, I can't. Kamatana. And Mancini, right? Mancini, yeah. Yeah. Simmons is, um, is Simmons up? I'm not sure. I think Simmons is running crates. Yeah, I think so too. But I I assume Justin Grosso is going to have a better year than he did in his first half a lap last year in a modified. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> For his sake, I hope so. Who do you think out of those three, I mean, they all have one at New Egypt already. Who do you think out of those three is going to rise to the top there? I think you have to look at Justin Grosso just because of what he did the last couple of years in the sportsman and the, the crates and the opens. So, you know, and his equipment is usually top notch. So, um, I think he's running for Resnick though. He's not running his own car. He's running for Marty Resnick. Yeah, and, I think, uh, I think that's right. And, you know, he hopped in that Resnick ride 
last year and won a bunch of races in the open oh, yeah. class. I was yeah. really surprised at that. Um, and now New Egypt has Jack Butler moving over from Grandview. Now Reimer's going to go full-time this year. Reimer's running full-time this year. And I also, speaking with Doug Snyder the other week on my show, he had mentioned that Ryan Conrad is hooked up right. with yes. a, car, a car owner there as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's going to be, you know, Gouler left. We know Junior's going to Bridgeport. And I think it – and Danny Buck's going to Bridgeport. So – uh, from last year, you have, you know, the bigger names left are Van Horn and Lawbach um, and Grasso. And now yep, you have this sprinkled in bunch of new talent, younger guys. I think it's really going to shake things up uh, from what their fan, from what their weekly fans are used to saying. What do you think? Yeah, I, I believe so. And don't count Kale Ross out, too. He's, nope. uh He's ready. He, he, I think he's making a move to step up this year, too. So, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting there. And you know, there's been a lot of talk about New Egypt over the winter, and people didn't know what was going on and all that. But it seems like they're finally settled in with what they're doing. And uh, you know, youthful, young talent, they don't have the names like you know, the pouch and the rulers, but they bring their own set of fans. And if the racing's good, the people are gonna come watch them. Yeah, and I think they're good, I think they're gonna get it too. I think. Um, you know, in recent years, we've seen Junior kind of dominate really well there um, and kind of run away with things a little bit. I think this year is going to be a lot different. I think it's going to it's going to really tighten up as far as their points go. And I think we see a bunch of different winners and not so much uh, maybe a five time winner. I think we see a lot of sprinkled throughout. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like Van Horn's going to get his couple, two or three wins. Grasso will, too. And, you know, Lovac, he finished decent in points last year, but he wasn't. He had the one win, but he started up front that night. So he wasn't as dominant there as he has been in the past. But um, I think, you know, I think he'll, he'll be okay this year down there, too. So Yeah, but, I, um, I, think, I think with the new track surface they put down and, haven't running there. Haven't run there in a couple of years. I think his notebook uh, got full again, and I think they have all that stuff to go off of uh, with the the Blinderman car. So yeah, and it looks like that's the only place they're going to run the Blinderman cars down there. So yep, um, yep, that looks like now anyway. Uh, so yep. Now the funny thing is, so you know, you've had your extensive conversations with go downs and pouches over the years. Now, let's fast forward from 2010 to 2022, and what we saw every week at New Egypt, we're now going to see every week at Bridgeport this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> add in Danny Buck, add in uh, Dom Buffalino, and we kind of have a new surgence of New Egypt at Bridgeport. Oh, yeah. Frank Cozy's going to be there. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Two go downs, both pouches. Danny Buck, it's like you need your speedway south. Yes. Um, you know, from years past. And uh yeah, Doug's Doug Rose has put on a great he's put up a great schedule for this year, a lot of good high paying races. And, you know, it's the people like the track. They like the access because the pits are right next to the grandstands. And uh it's just a good dynamic down there and you know, Doug's doing it right. Yeah. I mean, I always think of when I went down to Volusia in 2018, I went to Daytona. I took the private tour and the tour guide 
had kept reiterating that it's not a racetrack. It is a stadium. And I kept thinking about this, this phrasing of a stadium. And the way they approach it is they want it to be treated like the Super Bowl, where you're not going to see this event anywhere else but here. And I keep thinking that when I'm sitting at Bridgeport, the way it's shaped, the way, you know, how the turns are so banked and you don't miss anything, and there really is no blind spot at any point in time, whether it be a telephone pole or uh, anything, it it reminds me of a stadium. And I think uh, Port Royal-esque or Eldora-esque, as I'll call it, I think that is what Doug is really trying to accomplish, and he's on his way to do it. Um, they've made the environment down there so must-see TV um, that now it's filling its pits with great talent along the way because it's must-see race. Um, and, yet, and, and the schedule is so diversified. It's got something down there for everybody. Yes. I mean, I was could not believe how many sprint car races are down there. As you know, sprint car racing in Jersey, as far as traveling across the river, as they say, down in Philly, it's almost like it was uncharted waters for the longest time. They just couldn't get car counts. And now we have Outlaw Race. We have an All-Star Race. We have another 410 show. We have all these 360 races and 305 races. It's insane what they have on that schedule and then to have another 10 grand to win street stock race and all this stuff it's awesome to see what he's been able to to book down there and now do we see you know the the pouch pouch junior go down saga kind of rebirth itself uh, it might but i think i think they respect all all respect each other a little more nowadays especially with the equipment Okay. Price of equipment and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you know, Billy and Ryan ran a lot together last year and uh, Junior. And there were no problems. And I remember the one night, even both of them commented that the other ran the other one clean. And, you know, it's I, I, the rivalry's there, don't get me wrong. But uh, unfortunately, go down, you know, with his um, you know, reputation of years ago. And he's, you never get racing, you know, racing people never forget anything. So, right. you know, you know, I mean, people still say things on forums about Stu when he hopped on the car at Orange County 20 years ago. So, you know, he's a crybaby for doing that. 12 well, years you know, ago, get, exactly. Get, get over it. Yeah, get over it. <laughs> so people change, you know, and, um, but yeah, it could be fun. I mean, Dom down, you know, Dom Buffalino, he, he likes running down there. He's very strong and, uh, it's it's going to be a good place to be on Saturday nights, that's for sure. I mean, years ago, you had Grandview. That's pretty much the place to be on Saturday nights for all the hot action. But Bridgeport's going to be uh, right there with them, if not above them. Yeah. And let's add in Ryan Creighton to that list, too. Ryan Creighton, yeah, absolutely. Um, very strong at times last year. Yep. Um, I think we see him park one at least once this year down there and, and kind of beat the odds with all of these names. Yeah, Willie Osmond, he was strong down there last year. Yeah. Went for a couple mechanical breakdowns. He would have had a couple wins. You know, you know the, it, the, the one but, guy I keep thinking of down there is W.B. James. 
So I don't know huh? any, exactly. I don't know anything about WB James, but I don't either. I don't know where he got his equipment from. I don't know his background as far as if he ever ran anything else, but he went out there and won that underdog race last year uh-huh. against some guys that shouldn't have been in the underdog race. But, right. And there's something there. I think, you know, handicapping falls into place and you put, look, Joe Toth won a modified race at Bridgeport last year. Handicapping, of course, helped that because he and started. He held offline good and won that race. Exactly. And I, I watched it. <laughs> don't, I don't put it past WB James at some point. Maybe not winning, but I think having a surprising top five finish at one point, you know, if, if something goes green the whole way, which a lot of their stuff does, believe it or not, or someone breaks that shouldn't, I mean, it could very well happen. And I think, and I think that's going to stick with people because, again, you have a guy in the pits that no one knows who is trying to start up and maybe get a couple of fans. And, you know, there's there's those dark horses that are deep in that field that right. could eventually right. pick off a win. Yeah. And, and we haven't even mentioned Ryan Watt. Uh, nope. Both, Mar- both Marses. Mm-hmm. Running Bridgeport 358 this year. That's you know, a- Sammy and Sam. And, and Sam was really strong there last year at the end of the year when he came out with a new car. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. S- and Ryan Sammy- started to get it at the end of the year. And Sammy Jr. coming off a great year in the crates. Um, yeah. You know, it's – he's the next – he's part of that next wave. You know, we a couple of years ago, yep. we saw the, the Grasso Stangle Crachen kind of wave transform itself. Yeah. I think now we're looking at Sammy as being part of that next wave. And um, I don't doubt that he's going to impress some people as well. No, I believe so. And isn't Stangle? I think Stangle's running down there too on Saturday nights, correct? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> going to be quite the top tens down there every week. So, that's for sure. Well, it's going to be one of them situations where, you know, I caught hell from people last year because of how our handicapping was. But I kept reiterating look at the top 12 in points. Someone oh, yeah. is going to start up front that you don't want exactly. to be up front because our field right. is that deep. Bridgeport's going to have that problem. <laughs> yeah, and, they are. And as a track and for fans, that's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, absolutely. Because it's not going to be easy coming from 10th or 12th against a field that deep where you could have uh, multi-time winners starting in your first two, three rows is <laughs> it's going to be tough. It's really going to be it tough. It's going to be tough, yeah. Because gone are the days of guys starting 16th, 18th, and winning the race. That does not happen very often anymore because the, the equipment is so, you know, similar. It runs the same stuff. So, but uh, I mean, you look at our guys, a big diamond. I mean, it, we only had what one driver last year outside the top 10 win a race. Yep. It's because the field's so stacked. It's, so. <laughs> it's heavy. Um, and now yeah. we're now we're not going to have that big of an issue this year. No discredit to the guys that are running, but we lost a couple right. of guys. Timmy told me he's going to take himself out of the points battle right away. That way, when time comes that they want to travel with the wingless sprint car, he doesn't feel as bad doing it. Um, right. You know... Gouler's going to run some races, not all of them. 
Yankowski. Ryan Rock's going to run most races. He's going to run most of them, but he's going to miss a couple too. You know, I talked to Sean Fitzpatrick on Saturday about that whole deal, and I thought it was so cool that he offered up his car. You know, that was his fun. You know, that's what he did as a hobby. And he said he misses races towards the end of the year because of school functions come up, and he is... You know, he works for the school district. He can't miss those. And for his sponsors, which is more what he was concerned about, you know, he's taken their name off the track by not showing up. So he offered Watt the ride there. And um, I think it's going to help Sean when he wants to run. And because they do have a second car that him and Tim are going to mess around with, his brother. And to be able to get notes from one of the best in the East and Ryan Watt, is a pretty cool advantage. So, oh, yeah. Yep, that's going to be... It's a good deal for both of them. Absolutely. Great deal. Well, and it, it I know there's got to be a part of Ryan that is scratching his head every week when he's with Logan and doesn't have his car with because, you know, he's a race car driver and that'll never leave his system. So now he has the chance to not have to worry about taking care of his stuff to bring up on a Friday night. Now he can just focus on Logan's, but still have a car to race. I think it's a win-win for him. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was more important for him last year to uh, sit out and watch Logan race up big time because, you know, it was Logan's first year there and all that. This year they got a little more guidance going in. They know what they need and all that. So it's, I don't think it has to be as hands-on as it was last year. Yeah. And I think too, um, you know, Logan is an only child, so your parents are going to kind of evolve, you know, revolve around you a little bit. But I think it was important for Logan his first year to have a day to himself where all the crew guys were 100% focused on him and helping exactly. him develop and not partially helping him and may miss something or forget to tell him something or, you know, you know how that goes when you have a split crew. Um, I think it, you know, it was important in that regard. So now that he has established himself a little bit, now you know you don't have to give him all that attention. Um, so I think it'll be pretty cool to, you know, have father and son on track once again. I know when, you know, that's happened with them too before. You know, running a pack in the track and. And having cars side by side is a pretty cool thing. So now they'll be able to do it almost on a weekly basis. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm looking forward to watching them both race there all year. So that'll be really good for us and good for the track. And they they bring a lot of fans with them, so it'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. So the one Saturday night place we haven't talked about is Grandview. Um, Grandview. Yeah, you know. So they've lost a couple of drivers that aren't coming back. But they somehow always manage to have an almost 40-car field every Saturday with yep. guys that just show up out of the blue uh, that haven't raced in years that all of a sudden are there every week. It's amazing how it happens. But they still have their base field that isn't changing. You know, you still have Cressley, you still have Man Miller, you still have the big three, of course. Um, And now you also 
have probably more guys that may be moving up into possibly a modified ride. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I know Timmy said he's going to run there on a full-time basis now. So there's another one that you got to worry about. You know, if you're looking at wins, um, Timmy's been really fast there as he has everywhere. So that's another one to look out for. But what, I mean, what do you see happening down there on the hill? Well, I, I actually, my prediction is I think this is your, this is the year crazy breaks through and uh, wins the points. Yeah. Uh, he got stronger last year. He had a lot of, we had most wins there last year, but he still had him a couple of races where he wasn't as consistent as Craig. And he, you know, a couple of races he crashed and dropped out, but I think he's getting better as the year goes along. Um, Jared, I'm now, he had a really good year there last year. Uh, didn't have the win totals, but you know, a lot of top fives. So and, um, with Umpenhauer, what changes now that he is owning his own operation? I don't think much. I don't think much at all. It's the same car. The same people work on it. So I, I don't think there's now if he breaks a motor or flips, there could be a difference there. You know, he might not have the funds to get back into it as quick as possible. So, but he does have his dad's car, you know, to use for a backup, I guess. And, uh, I guess he's still going to be in Harvey's car for Big Diamond. So, but, yeah, you know, Jared's, he's, he's, he's going to be up there this year, I think. I think this is one of the years he's going to get, hopefully grab a couple wins and, uh, he can stay out of trouble on the track. And of course, that's, as the year said and done at Grandview, but. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you just can't avoid it. Um, it's, exactly. it's not always yeah. your, your fault or you instigated it. And sometimes you're just caught up in a mess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Cressley, I think, not knocking Cressley whatsoever, he's, he's got talent, but sometimes Wreckers or Checkers comes into play. Um, and I think now that he's been able to knock off as many wins as he has in the last two years and came so close to winning a championship, uh, it's got to be in the back of his mind, okay, we know we're fast, we know we can pass cars, now let's be strategic. You know, maybe that's the case, and... And maybe don't try to be cold trickle if uh, anyone gets that reference. But yeah, um, yeah, I think you might be right. I think this might be the year that he uh, the bad nights are mediocre nights, you know. And I think that that changes the game for him. Yeah, and you know, don't never look past. You know, we say the big three: Von Doren, Strunk, and Howard. And, you know, you look at it. Strunk and Howard didn't have great years last year at Grandview. Um, I, I don't know if Jeff had a win there. He might have. Like, you know, Dwayne had two. Yep. But uh, they, but they weren't satisfied with the way they ran there last year, and you know, they knew it, and they knew they had to do something. So I know this year they they sold their coilover car and they bought a bar car to run there. They think it'll be better because Dwayne's more used to that. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the hot ticket at Grand at Grandview anyway. So, um, and then Jeff, you know, Jeff was disappointed in his year last year. He got behind at the get go. He's had a couple wrecks and all that, and he played catch up the rest of the year. So I know talk by talking to both of them and to Butch Getz, Dwayne's owner, that you know they're they're looking to get back on top there this year as well. And uh, of course, yeah, that wouldn't shock either one of us if they landed on top. Yeah, I mean, Strunk, I will say, I think got off to a slow start. I think everyone saw it. I think he knows it. Uh, oh yeah, with running the Zuby stuff and trying to reaccustomize yourself. You just ran the 126 for how many years? And now 
you're switching back over again here to something different. It takes some adjusting, which he was fast at the end of the year. Um, you know, very well could have won the sixer hands down. But, you know, at Diamond, he got faster as the year went on. The oh, absolutely. Same thing with, with Dwayne. Dwayne picked up a win at Diamond, but he wasn't dominant, but he also held the point lead for the majority of the season. So right. now, you know, and even let's throw Craig into that too. Now, not Diamond, but just Grandview in this case, hopping in that 30 car, you know, these guys are now going to have all the cobwebs knocked off these things for their sure. next go round. And these guys are going to be on top of their game. So I think it's going to keep the rest of the field on the edge of their seat too, not knowing what you're going to get from them. And if these guys adjust to everything, it's going to be highly competitive on both Fridays and Saturdays. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, talking to Jeff in motorsports and, uh, He's so much more relaxed this year. Last year was, you know, order this, order that. Is it going to come in in time? we got to build these cars. And, you know, this year it's just everything's okay. And we have the cars. The motors are getting freshened. And we're ready to go. So it's a big difference. You know, you can tell the stress level is, is off of him a lot. So, and that, that, that can only help him when he starts the year out. Yeah. So bouncing off of the local scene around here in our weekly nights, sure. um, I thought the one big surprise that we saw in the offseason was the Perego-Salerno deal. So what do you think comes out of that this year, running the Super Dirt stuff? I think it's a great deal for both of them. Um, Vinny wanted to run the Super Dirt series, but you know he wanted a high-caliber driver to be able to do it, and there was really no one out there. Um, and, you know, and then him and Prego have been friends, and they talk. And Brian Smith wanted to cut back a little bit. He runs a 44 because there's a lot of a lot of wear and tear on their team last year. They ran a lot of races, and uh, Brian was looking to cut back. And Vance wanted to run the Super Dirt Series full-time. The Salerno deal was just perfect for him. They are just going to concentrate on that. Um, and then... Anthony will run uh, the 44 at all day races and every every race in Orange County. So, which opens up a question at the end of the year for the 200. If Salerno wants to put a car together, yeah, have his car there, who's he going to run it? But, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. That, that's a long way down the road. So, but no, I think I think it's a great deal for Anthony. You know, he's got, he's got two or three Super Dirt Series wins already, and uh, he's got his choice of a car, T.O. or Bicknell. So, he, I, I think we'll be up there in Super Dirt Series points. I I predict at least get a top five with at least two wins. Well, and I remember the other year when he was running the uh, the Graham eighteen car, and he was leading the the two hundred lapper at Oswego. Yep, leading that one. So I mean, he's definitely proven himself on the Hoosiers, not just Orange County, but elsewhere. He oh yeah. Uh, did he not? He won a couple of races to, or had good finishes with Oktoberfest the other year. Um, he won two. He yes. ran two out of two out of. He ran. And he ran two races. And he won both of them. Yes. Yes. So yeah. he uh, he's definitely shown what he is absolutely capable of outside of Orange County. You know, some people may argue, oh, well, it's just Orange County. No, he can 
He can do things outside of Orange County. Um, and speaking of Orange County, you know, they're doing it again. High paying uh, prize fund and a lot of new faces. I think Baketti may end up running there on Saturdays. Yep, if sounds he's not like it, yeah. Um, you know, do we see a repeat winner in the Orange County realm of things as far as a championship goes? What do you think? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, paying $45,000 in the points is pretty awesome. They have three, they have four races that pay $25,000 or more mm-hmm. during the year. That's, that's unbelievable. So, you know, I'm, I don't think Shepard's announced where he's running on Saturday nights, but it would shock me if he's not in Orange County. Um, from what I hear, Max is going to run there on Saturday nights, um, which is surprising since Land of Legends is so close to them. But um, it's it's going to be pretty all-out war there. You know, they're going to run the points the same way with the like NASCAR style when you're in. So that opens it up for Stewie because he obviously he can't make every week. So that opens it up for him to come down there and get a win. And he could sit out the rest of the year there if he wants to get the championship. Yep. Which I don't know if I agree with. But that's you know, that's a, that's another different, whole different story. But uh, no, I, I he's doing good to try to revive uh, that track. And if they have a track like they did at the 200 or Eastman States last year, that will be great because you and I both know how great of racing that was last year. Yeah, it was probably one of the best weekends of racing there I've seen uh, last couple of years. It definitely was, uh, it developed well. I won't say it was great the whole time, but it transitioned well. Uh, You know, watching Stu and Shepard swap back and forth, all, you know, all them laps running the top, running the bottom, running the top, running the bottom. It was great. And um, they're just, they put themselves out there to run something different with that format, but they put up the money to back it up to bring guys in, whether they like the format or not. And in the end, it turned out to be fantastic. Um, but yeah, to your point, it would really surprise me if the bigger teams don't go run there. You know, New York doesn't always pay the greatest on a weekly basis. And to have all them shows that pay that much money it's kind of a no-brainer for for the guys who are racing for the big bucks. Right, and even some of the regular shows is paying five grand a win for a 30 lap or so. You know, that's unheard of. Yep. So, it's, you know, Gore's going up there for the year. Well, he pretty much has to if he's running the Super Dirt Series because he has to run 12 dirt shows. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good field there on Saturday nights. Uh, you know, I'm talking to Horton at... Uh, Motorsports, and he's a little re-energized to get back up there. He's got two new cars coming, and yeah, he ran good there at the end of last year, and he had a couple of mechanical failures that caused them not to get some great finishes. But uh, you can hear him, then you know Tommy Meyer, he always runs good there. But I think you're going to see them guys that run more often, not just the Saturday night guys, the guys that you know that travel. I think you're going to see them rise to the top in Orange County. Yeah, yeah, I mean looking at who was left in the late stages of that championship and to see a guy like Bob McGannon was hanging in there, um, you know, and then to see Perigo come out on top against Decker, Shepard, and Stu was, uh, it probably made the people in the grandstands really happy to see that that the home track boy came out on top. So, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, definitely did. 
I, I still think it's got to happen soon. It's got to happen this year, next year at the latest. Perego needs to win the Eastern States 200. Absolutely yeah. has to. <laughs> That's the one on his bucket list, I'm sure. He really wants to win. That would be a heck of a celebration when he wins that. I mean, so. <laughs> it, it, it would be like if, you know, the Cole Cracker or the Sixer that Jeff Dwayne or Craig hadn't won it yet. Like, it's got to happen. Mm. It, it's a it's a Doug Man Miller needs to win the Sixer kind of thing. You know, exactly. been there so many times, been second or third so many times. Like, it's got to happen at some point. The yep. chips have to fall his way. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what's in store. What uh, what else do you have on your mind as far as this modified season's coming up? Uh, it's, just, it's just a plethora of big money races. It's unbelievable. There's, you know, there's one, two, three, five races paying 30000 or more to win. Highlighted by Fonda's 53, uh, you know, Super Dirt Week's 50, you know, Port Royal's 50, and then Eastern State's 40,000. That's, you know, the amount of big money races this year is just unheard of in previous years. We always have the big races, don't get me wrong, but there's so many of them. It's it's unbelievable. Lebanon Valley, 25,000 to win. You know, Cherokees, the Elite Series, past three $25,000 to win races. So it's... It's, you know, I look at all these and not taking this too far off the modified track, but, you know, Lucas Oil has 11 races that pay over 50 grand to win. And looking at all of these series that are offering up bonuses on top of bonuses, on top of bonuses, if this guy can win every race or whatever the case may be, it's all this money. And people think racing is expensive. And the economy's in the toilet, yet all of this money is just coming out of nowhere this year. And that includes the Elite Series. That includes all these high-paying races and guarantee, you know, Elite Series paying 1000 for 16th. That's unheard of. Yeah. You know, that's Crazy. that's Knoxville Nationals-type payout. Like, it's insane. Yeah. You just don't see that. Um, no. And now all of a sudden this year, it's like money palooza is going on everywhere. And that's why you have guys that are, hey, I'm going to go chase this money. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. No, sure. And, you know, a lot of that has to be, you know, I talked with Brett last week, and a lot of that has to do with pay-per-view. It's helping a lot and attracting more sponsors because, you know, you can watch a race that's, like, you know, you interviewed Brett when you're on your podcast and, you know, 55,000 people watch Port Royal. Where can, where can a uh, small-time small sponsor get that kind of exposure or modified? Exactly. You know, so it, it's it's just crazy. And so many big pay. And, and this list doesn't even have long arm races yet. Big Diamond because we haven't seen the schedule. So, you know, the, you know last year the Monument Mountains paid 10000 right? Yep. And then this year, and Cole Cracker always pays seventeen. Yeah, that's for the last few years. So they're not even on here yet, and there's like probably like forty races here, ten grand or more. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know we have at least three that are going to pay ten grand or more. Yeah, it's. Yeah. But again, as the cost of racing goes up, you know, so should your purses yeah. because that's what's paying those guys to get the equipment to bring their car back. So. Yep. But yeah, to yeah. your point, you know, the whole pay-per-view deal is is a huge thing. And, you know, it, I got to tell you, it was, was kind of irritating. I was watching the Chili Bowl all week long, of course, and they kept advertising Flo's next so many events that were going to be on air. 
And of course it covered Sunshine Swing was on there. The Icebreaker at Lincoln was on there. And the one race that wasn't on their upcoming events was Cherokee. And I'm thinking, well, this is the brand new Elite Series. Why aren't you putting on there this 25 yeah. grand away modified race? Especially considering Brett wanted to go that direction because of the flow viewership. So it was kind of weird how that all came about. I hope, you know, maybe he saw it and, and spoke up, but it was it was strange. But, you know, 55,000 views at port and people wonder why I kept going around putting stickers on race cars. That's why. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, hi. it's uh, there's going to be something big going on almost all the time. You know, yeah, like, and, yeah. Brett said, I was talking, I was talking, he said, yeah, the modified driver now can, they can almost run like a, be like a late model and they don't even have to unload their car anymore for less than 10 grand. There's yep. so many big, big races around. Yeah. Yeah. And there's guys that do that where I'm yeah. only going to run for the money. Look, I think it's, is that what Overton's doing? He's, he's not committed to your series. He's just. Correct. And I know Bloomquist yeah. last year was only going to unload for a certain dollar amount too, which, yeah. you know, hey, late in your career like that, why do you yeah, have to? You don't have to. Right. You're not racing to put food on your table next week. You already got your food. Right. So, no, I get it. And, you know, I'm hoping that it keeps building, you know. We want modifieds to stick around forever, right? So let's uh, let's keep up in these purses and make these guys make some money and develop this sport into bigger and better things, right? Yeah, and, you know, with the money going up, it's it's going to attract more people. I mean, the elite series race at Cherokee is going to have probably about sixty modifieds, sixty modifieds down in North Carolina. That's amazing. Uh, it's a shame, you know, like thirty of them have to go home. Yep. Well, and that's also talking about a track that does not have any house modifieds. Exactly. They are all coming from either up here in the northeast or they're coming from, I would expect some Louisiana guys to come. Yeah, there's a few Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, there's no, oh, well, 15 of these guys, they run here on a weekly basis. No, there is none of those. And that makes me really excited to see what happens when they do go to Georgetown for 25 grand to win, or they do go to Orange County for 25 grand to win. I want to see what the car counts look like then when there already is 40 guys that run there on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That's, it's, it's going to be super exciting. Come the, uh, the Melvin Joseph race at Georgetown. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a different atmosphere. I think than what we're used to seeing at Georgetown. Oh Yeah. Oh, for twenty five thousand. I mean, I always paid. What did it pay last year? Five thousand nine hundred and forty nine or something. Now it's twenty five. It was ten thousand nine hundred forty nine. Yep. Yeah. Now it's twenty five thousand. You think them guys race hard and battle hard down there? Wait till, oh wait yeah. Wait they're battling for twenty five thousand. It's gonna be no holds barred. The last five laps of that race. Yeah. If so. every every guy that makes the feature at Georgetown, if the back of their minds is not let her eat. They ain't racing uh-huh. for twenty five grand to win, <laughs> and they and they let him that track there. They let him eat anyway, so that track's fair. <laughs> so, especially in May, or especially in March when it's still you know wet, the grounds are still a little damp and stuff. And whew. 
yeah, yeah. That, that that's gonna be. A, I'm definitely looking forward to that race. That's for sure. <laughs> so as we uh, yeah. as we wrap this up here, I'm gonna ask you an off the wall question here. What do you think, as far as modifieds go, is gonna be one of the big surprises of the year? What do you, you know? What's your uh, what's your guess on that? You can call it a surprise. I think Alex Jankowski is going to win one of these elite races, and uh, I, yeah, I, I think Jankowski. I think he's shown the shown what he can do these big races, and uh, I mean that's as good as he is. It's and he's so young. And I I consider it a surprise if he won one of these, but I, I wouldn't put it past him. Okay, and that's fair, because I think everyone, for the most part, is chalking up that Stu and Shepard are going to win all six of these races. So, I like that. I have to go with, I think there's going to be not one, but two first-time modified winners at New Egypt this year. That's fair. That's a fair point. I I tend to agree with you on that. Yep, for sure. I don't get a chance to go down to New Egypt a whole lot just with where I'm located, but yeah, I think this year I'm more excited to see what race monitor is showing me or Facebook is showing me as the results every week. I'm really curious to see how it all pans out. I really am. Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. I, I believe you're right. Uh, you know, I look for Justin Rosso or Traumatana, you know, um, one of them guys, you know, to get grabbed a win there, you know, might take them starting in the front couple rows, but it doesn't matter. It wins a win. Yeah. So um, I, I believe that's that was a good one for you. I believe that's correct. Yeah. And one thing we didn't touch on is the rebirth of the Tri Track series. Yes. Yes. Yep. I think yes. uh, you know I've been saying for a while now if sprint cars and micros can all have speed weeks, why can't modifieds and we're building to something here and I think it's a good thing and just need to, you know, make sure that guys see what, not that it's paying a ton of money to start, but it's a start. It's a start. And, you know, talking to a couple of people, it's, if it does good this year, then it'll even get bigger. Yeah, I talked to Colton a little better, uh, motorsports and, yep. you know, if, if it does well this year, it'll get bigger next year. Right, and you got but you got to start somewhere. And and the good and, thing um, is, it's it's no, it's no big blocks, no open motors. It's all spec motors, which is what all specs. we race yeah. at Diamond, which is what Grandview runs, which is what, uh, for the most part, Bridgeport guys all run. So you know, to cater to the guys in our state, and that's what they run on a weekly basis. Hey, you don't have to have two cars to come run this stuff, you know. And hey, yeah, no. our races are on a Friday night where you already run for points, right? And they'll both, I'm sure they'll both be draw races, so you'll get other guys there too. So exactly, yep. So it's so. not a matter of what it is at the moment. I'm looking to see what it can become. And back in the right. day, tri track championships were a big, uh, oh yeah, talking point. I mean, that's what guys aspired to get that tri track. To say oh, that know. they did you it. Know. So now we're yep. going to try and shoot for something here. Yeah. And back in the 70s or the 80s, you know, uh, we look forward to going to, uh, you know, we were Flemington Speedway regulars. And when they had the fall, they tri-track, they had three of them in the spring and three in the fall. 
all 100 lappers between Nazareth, Orange County, and Flemington, and we went to every one of them because it was cool to see your drivers from Flemington, go to Orange County, and you know, and you get a lot of the drivers that don't normally do that. I mean, the bigger guys always did anyway, but some of your regular guys would come up, and that was always fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I think this track track series is going to be good. You know, I Ryan Gillian told me like two years ago, he's like, I can't believe nobody has come up with some kind of track series for the 358 spec series. He said, it would be a, it, it'll be a winner. Yep. And, you know, because there's, you know, you look around here, Bridgeport's all specs. McDonald's all specs. Granby's all specs. Me, just pretty much most part all specs. You got, you have a total, you probably have close to 100 spec cars. Exactly. Different spec cars in this area. And if you can put them on nights where it's not, you know, the teams can make it, it's, I think it'll be successful if it's promoted right, which, you know, Colton is great at promotion. And, uh, you know, I, you know, and Dirt Track Digest is behind it a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I think it's going to work. I really do. Yeah, and I think, I think too, from, you know, maybe a fan's perspective, but I think from a team's perspective as well, it's nice to see that, yes, Grandview and Big Diamond are not rivals. And... We aspire yeah, yeah. to make modified racing great in this state. So it's no pissing match per se. We're working together. Right. And that's that's what's who never thought that. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I've seen pigs fly, so <laughs> yeah. But no, I think you're right. I mean, like you said, they're not rivals, but they all have their select drivers that just run one or the other. Right. So maybe this gives the opportunity, especially being a draw, this will give the opportunity for some guys like, you know, Kevin Herfler, yeah. um, maybe Brian Herfler, you know, bring his 358 to Big Diamond for the Tri-Track Series, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen, and vice versa. You know, guys like Scotty Albert going to Grandview and, you know, things like that. Exactly, and that's what's going to be cool. So I, I can't wait, yep. can't wait till the, that comes, you know, gets underway and, and, uh, go from there. But no, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. And finally get to talk full modifieds for an hour was pretty yeah. good. So gets us excited yeah. for at least, uh, the show will air on Sunday, but today's Wednesday and we have modifieds racing tonight on flow. Yeah. So I was just going to say the same thing. We can, we can watch some modifies tonight. So Exactly. And the next few nights, actually, you know, pretty well, what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then next week you get Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So you've got a lot of modifies coming up. Exactly. So finally. Maybe the All-Stars will even get, maybe the All-Stars will even get a race in. <laughs> yeah. Canceled their first for, four. Oh, four. Not too good. So we're, we're. We're modified guys, but we're pulling for East Bay and those all-stars next week to get some shows in. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean obviously me and you are both modified guys and we live and breathe with the modified, but you know, you love your late models. I'm getting to love the late model. I've been watching them a lot lately and uh yeah, I love, I love the sprint cars, the all stars and the mod and the more Ratwell. So it's a good time of year. You can watch them almost every night of the week. That's right. Yep. This is our binge time. So Yep, yep. All right, my friend. I will. Uh, I'll catch up with you soon enough. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime, you know, and you know, maybe when we get closer to Big Diamond, we can do a Big Diamond preview for all divisions. And that one that was pretty good last year. So yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, man. I enjoy your podcast. You do a great job, and uh, getting better and better every time. Thanks, man. Much appreciated. All righty. All right. I'll see you. See you, Case. Bye-bye.